0: Let me invite your attention once again to a book that we believe to be the very mind of God as black words on a white page. You uh, grab it and uh, open it to Isaiah 55 and I'll, get, uh, I'll join you in just a minute. Now uh, you follow as I read from a portion, uh, a portion of God's word found in Isaiah 55. It's a familiar statement, I think. I'm only going to read two verses. Isaiah 55 verses 1 and 2. in rich food. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our God, this word, this endures forever. Guys, uh, I'm sure you could figure this out without me, but in verse 1, you'll notice that the, the prophet is extending an invitation. The tone of the invitation is rather urgent and the scope is universal. But the invitation is rather emphatic. Uh, there's only 28 words in verse 1, and four of those 28 is the same word. Come. He mentions it four times. Come. 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 Four times he says it. Um, he's inviting them to the only place where mercy can be found. And so the, the prophet is pleading with his audience to respond to his invitation and take refuge in the God of grace and mercy. But then he comes to verse 2, <clears throat> and verse 2 to me is so interesting. Because he really gets wordy in verse 2, he uses 36 words. But in 36 words, he leaves us with a comparison. He is making a comparison in verse 2, and he does it all in <clears throat> with 36 short words And and the point is, I think, rather profound. Notice he's talking about coming and eating. He says it in verse 1 and verse 2. Eat eat this rich food. And he mentions milk and wine. And then he uses the word delight. Isn't that a great word? Delight. Um, We know certain things that are delights for us. Well, he uses that word. And then then he uses the word delight satisfy oh my what a what a rich word that is as well to 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 delight and and to satisfy and then in the midst of that he makes this comparison why will you spend your money so foolishly and then he uses another why do you labor over that which will not satisfy So you see what he's doing. It reminded me of a a statement that I have turned to on a couple of occasions. It's in Psalm 4. And the psalmist says, "Um, you have put more joy in my heart than they have when their grain and wine abound. You see that comparison there? I have more joy than when I had all that food and wine. You remember those days? Do you remember those frat parties like I do? Where everybody would go and drink in excess. Everybody was tipsy. And then we would stagger home feeling like death warmed over. And then on Monday, we would tell everybody what a good time we had. We called that fun. We call that pleasure. And and, and that's the comparison that's being made in Psalm 4. It's the comparison that's being made in Isaiah 55 too. Why do you spend your money like that? Why do you labor over that which will not satisfy? You know, guys, the comparison is between... All of this, or responding to the invitation, his invitation, and going to the place where you can find satisfaction. And not responding to that invitation and never finding it. Just laboring on and on and spending on and on and drinking on and on and never sensing delight. Only emptiness. You know, there's um, the Bible recognizes and, and, and discusses pleasure on uh, several occasions. But I say that to say this um, some of you have read C.S. Lewis's Screwtape Letters. And you know what? Screwtape screw tape is the devil. <clears throat> and he's writing his nephew who lives on earth. His name is Wormwood. And it's Wormwood's job to make sure that he ushers a certain Englishman home safely to his father below. And so Screwtape writes Wormwood and says, now listen, I'm not quoting exactly, but he says, listen, don't play that pleasure card too often because pleasure was his idea. That is God's idea. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, pleasure, satisfaction, delight. Those were all his idea. You remember when, when the prodigal son came home? Um, remember that? What, what did they do? <laughs> they threw a party. They killed a patted calf. They danced, they laughed, they made merry. And that's what you should do when somebody... Comes to Christ because you see that Christ is, He's our feast. He's our place of pleasure and satisfaction and delight. And, and, and knowing that, the prophet pleads with his audience, come. Why would you do that when you can do this? Why would you spend your money for that which will not satisfy you? Why? Why would you do that? I'm going to read you just one sentence from, or two sentences from Jonathan Edwards. This is how he puts it. A feast is made for laughter. Christians, in the participation and communion of gospel benefits... Can I say that? Christians in the participation and communion of gospel benefits have joy unspeakable and full of glory, a sweeter delight than any this world affords. You see what Edwards is doing? He's doing the same thing that Isaiah was doing in verse 2. He's trying to present this comparison between the crumbs offered by false gods that will not satisfy why would you do that? when you can come you are invited to a holy banquet it's a a place that Edwards calls joy unspeakable God has killed the fatted calf and, and he invites you to come and take delight. Christ is our joy, ladies and gentlemen. He is our feast. He is our laughter. He's our meat and our drink. He's our feast. Put on display by this sacrament. So, come. 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 And feast on rich food. Let's pray together. Our Father, would you remind us now that what you have done for us in Christ Jesus is the very thing that makes life sensible. It makes life work. It brings to life pleasure. It reminds us of that which genuinely satisfies. So Father, in this sacrament, would you, um, would you remind us all of, of all of that? Would you um, show us the idiocy of trying to find delight any other place? Meet your people here, Father, for Jesus' sake. We pray in his name. Amen.